Our text is Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 6 today. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 6, and a sermon I've titled Pardon. Now, here we are. We're, tomorrow is a holiday. We have Veterans Day, and then just a couple weeks, it's Thanksgiving. And in many ways, that means a whole lot of food. Okay. And just a little hint about some men may be too late for a pardon. A recent study has found that women who carry a little extra weight live longer than the men who mention it. (laughs) Be wise, okay? All right. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 8. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I love that. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now shall we pray. Father, I pray that if there's one today who does not know that if they die today, their heaven's their home, they're just not 100% sure of that, then Lord, today I pray to be the day of salvation. I pray if someone who has wandered far from you would come back to the fold of God today. I pray, Lord, that you'd just do a special work, whether it's in our auditorium, those listening by radio, or those watching on the Internet. However it is, Lord, I pray that thy spirit would work in a mighty way in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. At the beginning of this uh, school year for OCA, I was preaching in chapel, and I always, when I preach my first time in chapel for the school year, I always bring the plan of salvation and, or salvation type sermon. And I did it this time, and as a matter of fact, I even used this text. And I shared a story that I had read, I think it's from the feature magazine, but I thought it was very interesting. And so I shared that with the uh, kids that day. And I want to share it with you this morning. In 1833, George Wilson was convicted of robbing the U.S. mail in Pennsylvania. He was sentenced to death due to his deeds of stealing mail. But he had friends in high places, and he was pardoned by the seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. But due to his friend's influence, everything moved right along until it got to George Wilson. He refused the pardon. This had never happened before in our country. And so it was sent back and actually went back to the Supreme Court. And they were asked to rule on this case because it was a first. And the justices decided this. A prisoner 
does not accept a pardon, then the pardon is not in effect. A pardon is a deed. That is, as in property, a deed. To the validity of which delivery is essential. But delivery is not complete without acceptance. It may then be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered. But if it is rejected, there is no power in this court to force it upon him. And George Wilson was hanged, even though friends had interceded for him. Now, I really think of a guy rejecting a pardon like that, he's going to hang. Uh, I don't think everything's upstairs there. But for some reason, he would not do that. He had a pardon. And it was not applied. I, I you know, I... I looked up this word pardon as it is in our text here today. And I, and I said, what does this word pardon mean for? He will abundantly pardon. And I started looking up what the theologian said. When theologians, for some reason or another, they've got to write $100 words. And then you have to get a dictionary out and try to figure out what they're saying. And I think half the time they don't even know what they're saying. But uh, when it comes down to it, I, I just got this definition. A pardon is to be forgiven a debt that was totally deserved. That is, the debt to be owed was deserved to be owed. The one with the power to forgive a debt is the one to whom it was owed, and that is the one and the only one who has the power to take the full penalty and payment for the debt himself, and to take it on himself. That is the idea of a pardon. That the one that is owed takes it upon himself and no debt, therefore, is to the one pardon. What what we have to understand is that everyone born into this world is born with a death sentence upon him. In Romans 3.23 we read, For all, No one excluded, this preacher not excluded. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's everybody. Now, as I told you, if we just committed three sins a day, and you know I've done more than that. I get enough emails to find that out. But um, if it was just three sins a day, probably much more, but just three sins. I'm 70 years old, so I've committed 70,000 sins in my lifetime. You might call that a sinner. Okay. 70,000 sins. The wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is death. That is final, complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. He didn't say the wages of a sin or of a great big sin or a whole lot of sin. Or something that's a really bad sin in man's eyes. No, he just said for the wages of sin. Wages. What I've earned, what I have coming to me, totally earned and it's mine. The wages of sin is death. That's grim news. 
But the good news is this. The rest of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not earned. It's a gift. And it was delivered by the great grace of Jesus Christ. Again, the word death does not mean annihilation. It means separation. At death, your spirit separates from your body. And it's either going to go to heaven or it's going to go to hell. There is no in between. I was sharing with the kids at uh, Pensacola this week about my mother dying. And I've shared that with you. But I just remember that those last breaths that she took, I just stood there and watched and watched. And when I saw her take that last breath, it wasn't, (gasps) no, it was just a real smooth. And when she took that last breath, I saw the spirit just leave her body. I didn't see a form. I didn't see a ghost. I I could just see the spirit had left her body. And I said, there she goes. (laughs) Like the old baseball announcers. There she goes. It's out of the park. Well, I I knew she was gone. I just said, there she goes. Those are the first words that came to my mind. And, And boy, the nurse is running around. Everybody running around. And sure enough, she was gone. But you know what? It was a home run. It was a home run. But that also made me aware that things that we learned in classes and things like that, that the reality is, is that your spirit lives forever, either in heaven or in hell. But there's no in between. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, as Jesus is preaching there just before they will be taking him away to the cross, he says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left, On the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, I want you to think about that. This everlasting lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. Do you realize that was prepared even before the fall of man? It was prepared for Satan alone. Remember, when Adam was created, he and Eve, Adam, Adam named all the creatures, he named everything, whatever he called it, that's the name of it. And throughout all history, that's been the name. Now, people had scientific names and all these other names, but we know what it is. I mean, a few years ago, they started saying a fetus. Well, they didn't want you to think of a baby, so they started saying fetus. The first time I started hearing that, I said, okay. When a homo sapien has a fetus, they don't like you saying homo sapien, but if you're going to call the baby a fetus, call the mother a homo sapien. I mean, does that make sense? Is that being consistent? Be consistent all the way through. But they didn't like that. But that's actually being consistent. We know that that's a baby, that's a human life, a conception not because I say so. The Bible lets us know that. That baby has, a, I believe the baby at conception has a spirit. Whether other people believe that or not. I believe that the spirit's not given later. I believe it's given right there at conception. Uh, David said, in, in uh, sin my mother conceived me. If he was conceived in sin, that means that he had a spirit. But I'm saying all that just say this. That there was a... Uh, 
a lake of fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. And there they'll be tormented. And as he says there, uh, the same shall drink of the, uh, excuse me, he says there that uh, it was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was before the fall. And God never wanted men to go there. But the day Adam fell, Satan took his place. You say, what do you mean? Well, Adam, all things would be under him. But the day he fell, Satan got that position. That's why when Jesus was tempted and he said, uh, all these kingdoms I'll give to you, for that is mine to give. You see, he had Adam's position now and he could actually do that. Jesus doesn't say anything about him having that power. He said, no, I worship God. Okay. So again, again, we find that Satan got that power, but this place was prepared for him. But because man fell under his temptation, man goes to hell unless he has a savior. He goes to the eternal lake unless he has a savior. And what about that place? What is hell? Revelation chapter 14, verses 10 and 11. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Now, People make fun of fire and brimstone preaching. But I can tell you this, everyone that makes fun of it, one day they won't make fun of it. Problem is, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. The Bible lets us know it is a literal place. And because it is a literal place, it's something that we face. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Final complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. Now what a difference there is for us and the people without Christ. You see, you say, well how does that work? How does that work? A person in the lake of fire and don't they just burn up? No. You see, their spirit left their body. When you and I, when we die, if you're saved, your spirit goes to be with the Lord. We're awaiting the resurrection. We'll, we'll have a body that's fashioned like unto his glorious body. These old vile bodies will be put off. And we shall be like him, First John 3, 2 says, for we shall see him as he is. If you're saved, do you believe that? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, now, that's, that's a good doctrinal statement. That really is. That's a great doctrinal statement. One day I shall be like him, for I shall see him as he is, because I am saved. That's a great doctrinal statement. But it's only a doctrinal statement. It's not faith until you read the next verse. And he that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. See, oh, we don't want to purify ourselves, you know, as a saved person. We kind of like the world. But if you're going to walk with God, you purify yourself. And then you're showing faith in a doctrine. You're showing faith in a doctrine when you live a life that is pure and separate from the world. That's why we preach separation here. Okay, separation, doctrine of holiness, doctrine of separation is faith when you live by it. But I'm saying that, just say that this spirit gets clothed with the new body. Fashion like into his glorious body. And for some reason, other people don't have a hard time believing that. Boy, raised be with him. But what about the body of the person in hell? 
I believe that person in hell. The Bible says the worm dieth not. That person in hell is going to have a body like we have today, only it's different in that it cannot be disintegrated. The worm dieth not. Tormented day and night and forever and ever, and tormented in this flame. Hell's going to be worse for some than it is for others. Heaven's going to be better for some than it is for others. You say, what do you mean? Well, some are going to be saved so as by fire. There's no reward. They're just saved, which is a great reward in and of itself, but they have nothing beyond that. Others are going to rule and reign with Christ and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've got to decide which side that you're going to stand on the great divider. But hell has different places of punishment. I mean, it's going to be worse for some than it is others. As a matter of fact, when you read 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, when we get to that in our study in the book of 2 Peter, you're going to find that he uh, talks about the devils there. And he uses the Greek word Tartarus. That's where the, the spirits of devils are that have fallen and have been chained there. Understand, in hell, devils do not... Do not torment anybody. The devils is so bad, it torments those super spirits. The man at Gadarene, don't send us there before the time. Why not? We'd rather be in a herd of swine than to be sent to that place before the time. They feared it. Super spirits feared it. They knew it was real. Don't send us there before the time. They'd be tormented. The Bible says the Lamb and His angels. He said there in Revelation 14, 10, 11, listen again. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture. There's not going to be any holding back. Into the cup of His indignation. And He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. It can't ascend up forever and ever if it disintegrates and it ceases to exist. The man in the lake of fire will never cease to exist. He'll never be able to escape. Not because I say so again, but that is the word of God. In Luke chapter 16, verses 23 and 24, we just see that a little bit further. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and sith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. You remember the story in Luke 16? The rich man, Lazarus, Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores. Lazarus is not in Abraham's bosom. He's not saved because he was poor and full of sores. The rich man is not in hell because he was rich. Lazarus was in paradise because he was saved. The rich man was in hell because he was not saved. It's it's that simple. But he remembers Lazarus. That guy was full of sores. He didn't even want him to have the crumbs off off his table to eat. Instead, give them to the dogs. But all he remembers is there was a man, he sees him afar off, and he says, let him come and dip his finger in water and just touch my tongue. 
It didn't matter if he was full of sores. Now he's not, but he doesn't know any difference. Let him come and just touch my tongue with what I'm tormented in this flame, he says. One preacher, if I said his name, he's with the Lord now if he was saved, but he's, he was a famous preacher and he said, I don't believe that hell is a literal place of fire. I just don't preach that anymore. And he says, I think hell is being separated from God and never been able to talk to him again. Um, it doesn't torment them now not to be able to talk to God. They don't talk to God. Why would it torment them then? It doesn't make sense. But when you go away from the word of God, you don't make sense. Sin never makes sense. It's never right. Sin never makes sense. Well, after he asked to send Lazarus, and he can't come, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. You know what he's saying? They've got the word of God. The Bible tells you how to get saved. He said, let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Isn't it interesting? You got people walking around this country saying, oh, repentance is not a part of salvation. (laughs) Everybody in hell believes it. Besides the Bible teaching it. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now let me tell you something. It's 2,000 years later, and that rich man is still in hell, and Lazarus is still flourishing in paradise. And 2 billion years from now, it'll still be the same way. But I like what we have in Christ Jesus. In Revelation 21, 4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Boy, that'll be great, won't it? Yes, hell is reality. You say, well, who can be saved then? Romans five twelve. He says, wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world. The world includes all of us. Wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, all men die. Wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a great story that is. It's a true story. Again, what I shared with you at the beginning. For the wages of sin is death. It's that time for eternity in the lake of fire. But the gift, gift, gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That pardon to George Wilson was a gift, not earned. He rejected the gift. More ignorant than rejecting that gift is to reject the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Timothy 
chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says God who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You say, if he'd have all men to be saved, then why does all men get saved? Because he gave us a free will. We were created in his image. God is the spirit. His spirit has a free will. You say, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm such a bad sinner. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse nine through 11. You've heard us go over that many times. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Boy, that covers homosexuals, adultery, that covers thieves, that covers uh, the social drinking crowd, that covers all of it. He says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, but then he says, and such were some of you. <laughs> somebody made a change in their lives. And that somebody was Jesus Christ. And such were some of you. But you are washed how? by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you are sanctified how? Set apart by God for his sacred use. But you are justified how? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. For the spirit of God beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And the day I appear before God... I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in Jesus Christ. Not on my account, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and not my righteousness, his righteousness. I'm counting on the righteousness of Christ's payment to count for me when I stand before God. The same way anybody else gets saved. We must accept the pardon. That's why... We find out in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, that Jesus Christ, in his humanity, now he was always deity, but when he took on human flesh and a human spirit, through the death, burial, and resurrection, even in his humanity, he gained the keys of hell and of death. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. That is your only hope of deliverance. The wages of sin is death. We need a pardon. And that's why we read in Revelation 22 and verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. Freely. That's God's promise. That's God's promise. You see, there's not many roads to heaven. Jesus said the way was straight and narrow, as we talked about last week. It's broad the way that leads to hell. Anybody can go that way, but it's going to go straight to hell. But you and I as Christians, we have a responsibility. The Lord said in Matthew chapter 16 that he was going to establish the church and talking about the local church. 
And we'd wage a war that even the gates of hell cannot withstand. Gates aren't for offense, they're for defense. You and I are just sharing this gospel that we're talking about today, that Jesus died for our sins and was buried and rose from the dead. And he'll save anyone. He'll come to him in repentance and faith. And he can change your life. The cross is the difference between a spirit and a body suffering. As we told you, John chapter 4 and verse 23, God is a spirit made in his image. And Jesus took on that same human spirit for us. And his wrath, the wrath of Almighty God the Father, is poured out on his own Son. And Isaiah 53, 11 says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Even when it was his only begotten Son, when my sin was upon him, God's hatred of sin was so great that he poured out all the fullness of wrath upon him. That's why we all need a Savior. We all need pardon. And my friend, George Wilson, all he had to do was accept the pardon. That's why Paul, everywhere he had went, Acts chapter 20 and verse 21 said he preached, repentance towards God because all sin is against God. You can do, you could. You can say, I love God, and you could kill me, but that sin would be against God. He said, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, trusting that his death, burial, and resurrection did indeed pay the penalty for your sin. In uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, in the times of this ignorance, God calls it, this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men, God commands all men, not just saved men. God commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereas he has given assurance unto all men. (laughs) This is an assurance to everyone in that he hath raised him from the dead. And if you accept that, what do we find out in our text? He will abundantly pardon. (laughs) Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. He will abundantly pardon. Seek the Lord. Repent. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. Yes, God will do it. Our God is absolutely holy. It's Psalms 145, 17. The Lord is, is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. But you must come to him. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is that will? Well, it's not works. For the next verse says... Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You see, the will of God is simply this. He says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 
that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but he's long suffered to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. George Wilson had the opportunity to escape the hangman's noose, and he turned it down. If you're without Christ today, you're not sure if you die today that heaven's your home. You have the opportunity right now to accept the pardon that the Lord has offered. Shared with my Sunday school class, so one other thought here. I shared that, I think, with Brother Lloyd here earlier a couple of weeks ago. If you don't tithe and offer, you won't go to hell. But because we don't tithe and offer to get the gospel out, other people will go to hell. We want to get the gospel going around the world, but you know what? We've got to be a witness here because this place I talked about today is real. And you may be the only light they get to tell them. And whereas the Lord will save any that will come to him, on the other hand, it's up to you and I to bring them in. Oh, I hope we will. Let's bow our heads, please.